good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Paul Webb, I'm the founder of B2B Energy, and you are listening to Energy Speaks Back. Energy Speaks Back interviews energy experts from around the world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 27 of Energy Speaks Back. Weekly, I present to you experts from around the world, and today we are in the USA interviewing a fellow energy podcaster team. Our purpose, as always, is to provide a good understanding of energy management knowledge around the world, which is available today for us to deliver savings that impact on our planet. This is the first time I've interviewed a team before on my podcast, so it's the first time for everything. My guests today bring the world of energy and sustainability and legality to life in the newly launched podcast, Oil and Gas Elevate. They are both becoming inspirational figures in our industry. All this with the courtesy of their amazing sponsor, Hewlett Packard Enterprises. So without any further ado, I give you the Oil and Gas Elevate podcast team, Sean McCoy and Eric Johnson. Good afternoon, Sean and Eric, and how are you both today? Living the dream is what I always say. <laughs> Doing excellent. <laughs> Thanks for having us on the show. No, you're welcome. And I, I, you notice I hesitated when I said good afternoon, because I know it isn't good afternoon for you, is it? No, we're down in Texas. Both of us are down in Houston. So we're, we're a few hours behind, but we've, we've been around this conversation enough to know that it's, we know what you mean, for sure. Yeah, yes, I'm so still, uh, still drinking coffee, but uh, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> Hence the satellite delay. You, we've got, you need more coffee in you. I interviewed uh, Janine Scott the other day, and she said, I need more coffee before I come on to this show. So <laughs> I know what you're, you're both feeling. I normally like to start, we we're going to start the same way as I normally start, but I'm going to have to break it up a little bit because I've never interviewed two people at one time. So um, let's see how we go today. So, Sean, you're the lead man, I think. Sorry, Eric, if he isn't the lead man. But, Sean, can you tell us, give us some background about yourself and then we'll hear about Eric. So 18 years in oil and gas in terms of that, uh, in terms of how you and I met through our podcast uh, that Eric and I co-host, a uh, bunch of different experiences now on upstream, downstream and manufacturing, uh, uh, sales and business development, things of that nature, a bunch of different things. I started my own business for a couple of years and then came back into the, into the oil and gas industry itself, spent some time in the military. I've been very fortunate to travel. I've been over to your neck of the woods. I've been across the pond and the UK is definitely one of my favorite places to visit. I just absolutely love it. As far right. as just the, the people, the culture, the, the transportation, getting around on the trains and on the, and on the tube with my oyster cart and minding the gap and all of that good stuff. And so uh, family, married kids, uh, just living the dream. As I said, it's all, that's all part of it. And I just have a passion for, for what else we're doing in the world besides just making money and besides just profit in terms of business and social responsibility and things of that nature. It's been a big part of my life, which has led into this podcast and what we're doing there. And I'm happy to be partnered with, uh, with my new buddy, Eric, uh, who we've become fast friends and we joke around that we've become like stepbrothers in a short period of time. But it's, uh, it's been a really? beautiful ride. Just happy to be here. Yeah. So we're going to hear Eric's side of that story. But um, so how did you meet Eric before we get so we, so when I first started the podcast, I was hired on by the Oil and Gas Global Network, and Mark Lacour, who's our editor in chief, gave me a name to call, and he was a guy who was, uh, you know, connected in twenty. 20- 
plus years in the industry as, a, as an M&A lawyer and had, was on this ESG advisory staff for their firm and they were doing some things. So my first thought was, great, he could be a, a guest and a potential resource down the road. And then after we started talking, uh, the connection was, I just re- started to realize that it was more than just a, a hobby or more than just anything else. And then also his enthusiasm and also his knowledge and his, his expertise and the ability to maybe help help offset that image of what a lawyer is as well. Cause I was like, I like this guy. He's great. He's wonderful. We joke about that too. And so I just kind of one day I said, Hey, lawyers. let me just jump in. I hate lawyers, by the way. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I, and I just kind of said, Hey, I was like kind of an odd question. Like, would you, do you have any interest in want to host this with me? Cause I just think kind of in, in this, in lieu of our podcast and like having you on and others, I can talk. I have no problem with that, but the chorus of voices and other people and listening to what they have to say and getting those viewpoints yeah. really, uh, creates a harmony and, and does a lot for the listener as well. Yeah. And Eric, so this is here from your side of the story. And well, now well, I know that you're a lawyer as such. I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, don't cut me, me off. Before. You didn't tell me that before. <laughs> well, well, Paul, let's, let's be clear. Uh, Sean is the man. Uh, he does have an extreme passion for this. And when, when I first met Sean and, and, and kind of, experienced that passion firsthand and, and saw his uh, experience in the podcasting world and what he wanted to accomplish. Uh, I was obviously very intrigued and, and excited to be a part of it, but he does, you know, behind the scenes and, and in front of the mic and in front of the camera, if we're on zoom or whatnot, he definitely is, is in charge of the show. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm glad as uh, Sean says to add another voice, maybe a little different perspective. And I think that brings a little bit of punch and different variety yeah. Uh, to elevate, which we've, I think we've really uh, hit our stride on. But yes, I am a lawyer. Uh, I've been practicing for 21 years, uh, do M&A and capital markets work for Winston and Strawn here in Houston, Texas. Uh, and I do co-chair Winston's worldwide ESG advisory team, which as Sean mentioned, is kind of how we met uh, through kind of LinkedIn and, and things we were doing with respect to ESG uh, online. So it, when Sean and I met, you know, he kind of described to me what he was doing. And I was like, no, this is something that could really, really take off. Um, even though I'm not a, I hadn't historically been a big, a big podcast listener. I knew that there was a lot of podcasts in the space that were focused more on interviews, uh, kind of with C-suite and talking about high level stuff. And, and Sean had this, this vision for doing this case study where we could actually drill down into actual real world tangible success stories in the business uh, that were directed towards ESG. And that just really clicked with me for some reason. And then to, to kind of see Sean's passion for it, I was like, all right, this is something I really want to be a part of. Um, if you had told me a year ago um, that I would be on a podcast that was getting thousands of downloads per episode, I would have told you you were crazy. And a lot of people would have laughed and said, why would he do that? Um, that's not something he would be any good at. But it's, it's been an awesome journey. Uh, I have three kids, um, 2018 and 16. One's a sophomore at Texas A&M, two in high school. Uh, and they, uh, hopefully they have no idea that I'm on a podcast because I can only imagine the reviews that would come through. But uh, it's, it's been exciting to be a part of it. I'm ex- super excited about Oil and Gas Global Network. I think they've got a vision for even more content on different platforms uh, just to tell the stories about the industry. And, and just, it's going to be a fun ride, I think. Yeah. And obviously I was, um, a guest on your show, uh, which I thought was just an amazing experience. And if, if it wasn't for you two, I wouldn't be doing podcasting now because I had such a buzz off the back of doing that. It just inspired me to go and take the next step. And I wanted to do podcasting, but I didn't really know where to start. So I did start to research it. And 
yeah, you guys are, are the guys that pushed pushed my buttons to and directed me. So thank you very much uh, for doing it. I mean, it's definitely a buzz, and and that is. That wasn't something I expected after we did some of our first ones. We'd get done and Sean would be on cloud nine bouncing up the walls and even I would feel it. You know, I'm the lawyer one. I'm the reserved, more conservative one. Right. But even I could feel it. And then Sean makes fun of me. um, I I do drink coffee in the mornings, but pre-podcast episodes, I down at least two or three Red Bulls. So if you see me bouncing off the walls, it's because (laughs) of the Red Bull. That's the Red Bull, yeah. The Red Bull's talking. Yeah, we need Red Bull as a sponsor, Sean. I want to we could. We that could. Well, yeah, you're well, yeah. And, and, well, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that, Paul. I'm glad to hear that it inspired. And I hope that others that are out there that are inspiring are inspired by this. And for a long time I was a listener way back in the in the mid 2000s and stuff. So I listened to podcasts for years and it was always kind of famous people and so you kind of think to yourself that it's kind of beyond, you know, who's going to listen to me kind of thing. And 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 then on the top of that, you, you start to find out that you can actually be on all parts of this world. You can be a guest, you can be a host, you can listen. And it's really a beautiful medium because it goes beyond kind of, kind of the structured uh, limitations that typical media has right now mm-hmm. in terms of that. I mean, it's starting to change a bit. You know, the Wi-Fi televisions are coming in, cable networks, you know, less and less viewers, but they do still have a strong audience. But it's that chance to connect personally. And I think that's why it feels so therapeutic because now you're really hearing they're in your ear. You get to hear their tone. I talk, I say this all the time to upcoming guests because they start to wonder about the experience and if they have what it takes. But for people to hear you and hear your story about what, like when you came on and why you're so passionate about energy efficiency for businesses, why it matters to you, that, you know, that versus just reading it, which is still a great medium, but listening yeah. to people talk about it just really has a profound Hearing the effect. passion. Yeah. Hearing the passion in their voices. I, ha- I had a... Um, Jenny Bailey was on my show. I recorded um, does Bumblebees. She's written. She's the author of um, DB the Bee, and she's written. She wants to take this into schools and educate. The passion that was coming through, just watching her on Zoom, was just amazing. You know, you could feel it in her voice. It was just, and I'm getting so much reward from doing this. It's unbelievable, really. You know, it's uh, an amazing journey. Tell, tell us more about elevate and what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve. Well, I think, I think the best place to start is, is in the core subject, which is around ESG. And you know, so you, you may have heard this acronym. Sometimes you use it and we assume everybody knows, but it stands for environmental, social, and governance. And really it's been a, it's been something we've been, a, it's been a part of business for a long time. You may have heard it referred to as things like corporate social responsibility or social responsible investing. But really the core of it and the crux of it is what else is a business doing besides making money? And I think for a very long time in the Western world, especially, we have been, we've been at the altar of, of Milton Friedman that the social responsibility of a company is to, is to be profitable. And then, and then that sentence usually has a period. And I, and I believe, and I think we're seeing this now, the, it should have been a comma. Yes, and as, as Eric and I talk about, you know, the business has to be sustainable for it to be, for it to incorporate sustainability practices as well. Like there, it, you, you can't give away the farm kind of thing. It has to be this circular kind of systemic approach to what you're doing. You can't ignore the factors that matter like economics, pure economics and whatnot. And I think what this is saying as well is yes, that's true, but you also can't ignore the fact that there's a human being in every part of what we're doing and that those human beings have different experiences. They have different uh, expectations. They, they are they're exposed to different things. They're limited by different things. I think for a long time, uh, the need to be successful economically and the fact that we've been so, you know, overall 
had such massive growth economically and socially over the last you know decades, we we've really not allowed for uh, room for the human side. It's kind of an afterthought. It's like after I make all the money, then I'm going to donate something, and if I give to the local, whatever, it makes things better. But what people are really talking about, what this really is, I think, is a, it's bringing in those elements. What are you going to do about you know sexuality in the workplace? What do you do about diversity and inclusion? What are you going to do about uh, the actual resources back to what you talk about all the time, which is just resource efficiency. You know, on the that's really what I think the environment side is, is what are you doing with these gifts that we're given and how are you tempering them and how are you managing them overall in 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 relation to what you're doing? Because the other side is we, you know, we need, we need these things as well. This isn't, you know, there's some looks, there's a lot of luxury right now, but there's some baseline needs as well that are part of that, that are extensions of that. We have our own existence in terms of where we are from a Western side. We have developing, the developing world, which far outnumbers the current per group of us that are in this side as well. And we talk about privilege a lot. So I think it's kind of a long-winded answer. And I know I tend to be that way, but this is such a, a unique aspect and a unique opportunity for us to have a cultural shift, not just save the rainforest because somebody told us we should do that or let's just be nice to people because that's what my mom told me to do this is really about i mean this is about people this is how we interact this is how we're going to continue to interact and what are the challenges around that and as those things uh, evolve back to what another phrase we like to use and that's one that eric brought for sure this energy evolution around how we manage to have that happen and really trying to explore that and see what people, because we, we know the oil and gas industry specifically in that framework, in that framework has a lot to lament. We, we just do. We've been at this for a long time. There's lots of cases of things that we've done that have made the world a better place. You can read something like uh, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels by Alec Epstein very easily. And then there's a you know, dozen other books that'll tell you, yes, but what about all these other things that have happened geopolitically and whatnot? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, there's a need to lament as well. But we're also, I also think this idea of elimination, I think we don't use the word transition because that tends to give people this impression that one is going to go away and replace the other. Fundamentally, natural <laughs> hydrocarbons are different than any other energy source. They're not, they're not singular in their application. And so I think there's a bit of a naivete in terms of trying to eliminate one versus the other. And though I understand the good guy and bad guy roles, but it's just, it, we don't believe in that either. So it's how, do we, how are we gonna co coexist? How are we gonna become synergistic? How are we gonna have energy? However that comes be the overall umbrella that we're all operating in. And then how do we manage not only the economics, but how do we, how do we manage the environment, the gifts that we're given, the, the social aspects, the human element, which is extremely complicated. And then the governance, which is always the one that people put last, but really should probably be in the front because that starts to dictate the culture and the infrastructure. How are those things going to play out both on a small, medium and large scale throughout all the world's economy and, and culture? And we're just trying to be a little cog in that wheel to kind of say stories of people that are what stories of businesses that are doing something and as well as bringing awareness uh, around people like yourself and around you know, technology, what's coming new, what's electric cars like, what are batteries like, these other areas as well, and give our listeners a chance to become aware of something that they don't know with the hope that it'll equip them going forward to make good decisions, both personally and professionally. So, and I promise I'm done at that point. No, <laughs> that's, on deck. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> that's an awesome answer. <laughs> Eric, do you want to add to that? Is there anything yeah, you want? One of the things I, I love about Sean and one of the reasons we've become really good friends is, is the passion part that we talked about earlier. And you can see it when he starts to talk. Um, yeah. he'll, he'll get on a roll and just lay out a, an excellent groundwork. But I, I do want to expand on something he hit on at the very end, which I, I think is why the podcast is important to me, important to Sean, I think important to the industry. It's awareness. As we think about what's driving these issues now, whether it be the investor class and whether or not they're going to give money 
to the business anymore, traditional oil and gas, uh, whether it just be a PR issue, which is what it was historically, I think, largely just uh, some, some negative news uh, coverage uh, with respect to, you know, dirty oil and gas, right? But now the investor class is in there and they're saying, okay, we only want to invest uh, in certain things that make us, for lack of a better word, feel good about ESG issues, right? And, and that's true of pensions funds. And it's true of the millennial retail investor who put their money in an ESG ETF, right? And so it's really across the scale. I think one of the things that the industry has maybe struggled a little bit with is telling the story of what the industry is actually doing on the ESG front, because there are, and that's the whole purpose of our case study, there are some amazing success stories. Uh, they might be in technologies with respect to electrification of the oil field and you know carbon emission reductions. They might be carbon capture stories. They might be new technologies uh, like hydrogen and other things. There's also some amazing things going on in the S&G buckets as well that that you know Sean touched on, whether that be you know volunteering in the community like our PDC episode, whether it be diversity and inclusion initiatives and programs like that, things that have been going on in the background that we just haven't tooted the horn enough about, uh, and people need to know about it. And and, and for me, <clears throat> it's it's not an attempt to tell people, hey, we're doing this all right. That's not really my objective. Um, we do want to pat ourselves on the back, but what I hope really happens is that it piques people's interest. Somebody who maybe hasn't done something or maybe hasn't thought that something was even doable is then inspired and encouraged to take themselves personally, but also take their organization or institution and go out and make change. So if somebody comes along and watches an episode that we just scratch the surface of what's happening in a technology or a process that's all ESG driven or an initiative or a program or policy inside of a company, and that tickles you know, their, their interest just enough to where they then go out and, and talk amongst their friends, talk amongst their coworkers, talk to the C-suite, and it drives them to action. Uh, that's what I hope happens uh, from the show, that people can grab onto that and be inspired and encouraged to go out and make some change. Um, so th that's what I'm excited about. Every time we do a case study and I meet these amazing people, whether they be entrepreneurs, whether they be old school oil and gas, and, and they're putting forward these initiatives and programs and new tech, I'm blown away about by some of the things that we're doing and the passion that they have. And it gets me excited to just tell those stories. And, and I, I can see the passion uh, in them when they're telling it. And then I can also see the passion. You know, we have this kind of insight segment that goes along with our case study, you know, a third, a, a second voice that comes in and kind of talks about it. And you can see their passion and it's just contagious. So that's what I'm excited about. That's what, to me, that's what Elevate is about. It. ESG is the yeah. subject matter. Inspiration is our objective. So it's been really cool to be a part of it. I like what you said about the encouragement and the inspiration, because that's what I'm trying to do is encourage people to make the right decisions and to, to do the right thing um, and inspire people to say, oh, that company's doing that. We should be doing that. Why aren't we doing that? You know, right. and it's, it's that whole idea. You can't tell people, you can't force them to do things. Now, there's lots of policy around um, globally that tells us what we should be doing, and but it's I think it hasn't got enough teeth to actually drive it, but then we need to rely on the encouragement side and encourage organizations to take those steps. Um, and I like those words. I remember when you interviewed me, you liked some of the words I was saying regarding energy being precious and, and things like that. But it's, uh, I'm playing back the, uh, the compliments as such, but I'm picking up on, on those points because I think they're key. Um, it's the inspiration and the encouragement side. So who's your, your target audience? Where are we pitching this, this uh, podcast to go to? 
Yeah, so so the hope is, I mean, the, the, there's a human and there's a financial capital issue inside the industry right now. And especially when you get younger and it, even people within the industry who are still staying in it. I mean, people like myself, like, I, I mean, this is a personal question I have. What are we doing? Nobody wants to be, you know, we, we watch Star Wars. Nobody wants to be on the side of of Darth Vader and the stormtroopers, you know, it may be fun to dress up for Halloween and entertain kids and stuff, but nobody wants to be on the bad side. Nobody thinks that they're on the bad side. So, so, so I think, I think in, in, in that, in that frame, you just, you just want to make sure that, that, that what you're doing and how you're doing it is, is, is in such a way that it's, it's meant to educate. It's meant, it's meant to bring them, bring that, that story up to them so they can kind of decide what to do with it versus, trying to influence. I think we have a huge issue right now socially that, uh, and I think people that are younger, the target audience that we're looking at are between 25 and 55. Uh, we, we say that, but anybody can press play. So if you're 56, you can still listen. And if you're 24, you can too. But we, we say those metrics because we're hoping for the first, the first salvo to be that group of people inside the industry who are, when they go to Thanksgiving dinner with their family, or they go out to the bar with their friends or whatnot, when they start having this conversation, and somebody starts saying, hey, and this, this happens, I think, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, you work for so-and-so. Oh, you're, you're part of the reason that the world is crumbling. You're causing death and destruction. You just care about money and things of that nature. Um, you know, that, that verbiage and being told that you're part of that, and I've even had those conversations recently, and, and being told in no uncertain terms how, you know, that they don't, some people just really don't care what the industry is doing as well. There, this, is a big pro- this is a big image problem. And so we're hoping to start internal with the industry, the people that are in it and say, can you have something that you can at least draw from? We try, we call it elevate. We try not to, to influence. I think there's too much influence out there. We're just gonna put it out there. You, like you were saying, Paul, you have to decide what to do with it. Our job is to find the purest form of that, to be as unbiased as possible. We are by, we have our own experiences and stuff that we bring to the table, but we try to bring, we try to be as, as, as balanced as prop as possible and let the story stand for itself. That's why we go back to this real thing. Like it's, this has happened, right? PDC has done this, you know, Silver Wolf has done this, you know, Gunner Energy Services has done this. And that's just, and we kind of leave it at that so that that, that target audience in there can at least have something else to go off of. And instead of being an ad hominem or some sort of, <clears throat> some sort of like finger pointing or, or whatever, or, you know, if it wasn't for us, you'd be, you know, you'd be, you'd freeze to death and then start arguing about windmills and all the rest of stuff. stuff that doesn't do any good. It just doesn't, it just doesn't move the needle or have even the potential of it. So that's our kind of a target audience between probably 25 and 55, but we're open to anybody to listen. And we try to do it in such a way that anybody can, not just people in the industry as well. Yeah. My audience is probably older <laughs> because obviously my, I'm talking to energy experts around the world. So, and I, I can see them being, you know, some of the people I've even spoken to this guy today, he's 80 years of age and he's still passionate and delivering energy management to his country. I think it's awesome. Um, so I think I take it up a little bit higher, but I'm trying to also go down lower whereby I want to bring young uh, students into the industry. And there's many of them coming through. Um, and I'm getting that because I'm doing talks with uh, universities as well. So um, what other media, so you, you do the podcast, how, what's the frequency of that at the moment? So we try, well, <clears throat> I guess, Sean, we can talk a little bit about the format and the frequency and, and where we're headed. But, but the goal is, again, if, if the goal is inspiration and encouragement, what we want to do is find as many case studies as we can and roll them out um, as frequently as we can. So right now what we do is we release an episode every Tuesday. 
with right. that case study segment so we can tell somebody's success story, um, have them come in and, and talk again about these amazing technologies and whatnot. Uh, we have some other formats and some other programming stuff um, that Sean can speak to a little bit more, but that we want to bring out as well, an opportunity for, uh, you know, for Sean and I to bring in other experts kind of slightly outside the case study format. And we would drop, you know, an episode like that uh, during mm. the month as well. So, you know, our goal is we want people to stay in tune. We want them to keep their attention and we want to continue to inspire. And so our goal is to, you know, on a regular basis, once a week, every Tuesday, drop a new episode and filter in some other programming things as well that we think are unique or different. And to expand on what, you know, something you just mentioned earlier, Paul, and kind of talking about the demographic and who we're targeting, you, you know, you talk about talking at universities. And I think Sean's 100% right. That target audience, if you think about it, is 25 to 55 for us. And I think the inner circle is traditional oil and gas people. Uh, but as we think about uh, human capital issues inside the business, and look, Sean and I don't think oil and gas is going anywhere. So who, who are the engineers and scientists and others that are going to help us keep running the oil and gas business? So Sean and I have really pivoted, uh, I think, uh, of late when we think about our focus to one of the things we really want to focus on is that university student. Um, and just anecdotally, and, and I've, I've discussed this with Sean before, then we've discussed it on the podcast before, you know, my, my son is a sophomore at Texas A&M. He's got friends that are in engineering and in the business school and others, and they are not anti-oil and gas by any means. But when you ask them about what their vision of their future is, what they want to work in, traditional oil and gas is not necessarily going to come up. And so one of the things when we talk about uh, inspira you know, inspiring people is, hey, that 18 to 22-year-old demographic matters as well. And it's even more than inspiration. It's giving them, uh, I think as Sean kind of hit on already, is this give them the confidence and the knowledge and the pride to say, hey, I can go into something like oil and gas um, because this provides energy to the world. Um, this is, you know, I, I think when we think a little bit about energy elitism in North America and Europe um, and our ability because of our affluence and wealth to in some ways pivot away from oil and gas and be able to use wind farms and be able to use solar farms and other stuff. But when you think about billions of people in India and Africa and otherwise, the best way to give them energy abundance. And, you know, we talked to Olu about this so much, Sean, and it really inspired me, but to give them energy abundance, uh, like we enjoy here um, in the United States or we enjoy in the UK or Europe, um, that's going to take oil and gas. And it's going to take really smart people in engineering and science and otherwise and geology to help us continue to do that. And so for me, one of our target audiences and one of the things I really want to focus on it's getting that 18 to 22 year old engineering student who may think oil and gas is something he would never want to do that she would never want to do and actually turn a light on for them and show them some of the really cool things uh, that are happening in oil and gas. Um, so, you know, as we, as we think about demographics, yeah, it's 25 to 55, but man, if, if we can tap into that younger generation that's coming up, that's something Sean and I really want to do. We, we want to inspire those kids and I call them kids because, man, I'm getting yeah. old now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but inspire those kids to say, hey, you know, that's actually pretty cool. I, I love what some of the super majors are doing in X, Y, and Z, and I want to be a part of that. So, I started in this industry when I was a kid at 16, and I think it's been such a cool career. 
you know, some of the places I've been into to check whether the lights have been turned on. You know, that I'm simplifying it totally. Yeah. I've been in some really, really cool places. I've been into some amazing manufacturing. And everywhere I've gone, that person that's been showing me around is passionate about their building and showed me what that building does and how it works and what they do there, which has been even better because I've even had gained knowledge. You know, I, I remember I'd done an energy survey in a hotel in Scotland. The guy was, he was a historian. He told me all about Wallace. He took me up on the roof. He pointed out where all the battles were. You know, to have something like that, and I remember that very clearly. And that's probably 10 years ago I did that survey. And it's just amazing. And it's the most coolest industry ever, I think. And if, if I went back to being 16 again, which would be very nice, knowing what I know now, um, I'd say, what do, you, what do you want to do? Do you want to... Do you want to go and work in a shop? Do you want to be a banker? Do you want to be a trader? No, I want to go into energy. I'd do it all again. I think it's been an awesome uh, career. I loved it. When I'm 57, I'm still talking about it. So there you go. <laughs> well, and I think I think you alluded to something, Paul, that that pride, you know, that, that we sometimes take for granted. I, one of the shows that we have over here in the States, and I think it's over there in Europe as well, but the uh, undercover boss, I think that I, part of the reason, I, at first I started watching that show, but then I stopped because... This, the C-suite people always had such a revelation. They couldn't believe that this yeah. low-level employee was this excited about their job and their, and their business and the company. And that's, as somebody who worked for like a big company like Schlumberger in my time, I think it, it, it gets lost that if, if you give them something to be proud of, if you give them something to be, and that's part of what our mission is too, because there are people that aren't proud to be a part of this and they see and they've seen things and there's a history there that we have to understand we have to take into account. You know, they've seen a lot of things over the years. My dad was in it before. I mean, I saw it. I saw the ups and downs of the industry from, from the time I was born here in Houston. So there's lots of reasons to jump out and jump off the ship and say no mas. And I get that. Uh, but at the same time, back to what Eric was talking about, there is, there is a, if you want to write the ship, if you really want to, if you think there's an opportunity to do something back to what you're, that's why you want to go back into it again, I would say is because you know there's a chance to make a difference in that area because somebody has to do it. And if nobody's yeah. doing it, something, nothing is something as well in this action. So if it can create that opportunity, we're excited about that as well. Yeah, I agree. So is there anything uh, Eric alluded to different parts of the program? Is Can you share that with us today? Oh, yeah, sure. So, so what we, when we first, like when you came on, we had this idea of kind of segmenting, uh, kind of from a listener standpoint, you could get 15 to 20 minutes per segment. And you could, that way you're not, you're not stuck on listening to the whole thing at once. It's not some long, you know, hour plus conversation. We can obviously both talk. Uh, and those, those opportunities are amazing and, and they're great. We, from, from the amount of, and then the amount of information we want to get out there, we knew we couldn't just do long form all the time. So we had the talking point, which, which you came into, we had the case study and then the insight. And then there's also an element that we started to recognize as we started to get into this uh, of what we'd call kind of a, our journey, our evolution, and we wanting to our, our desire to want to connect with uh, with our listeners, as well as also acquiescing. There's a there's a there's an edge. There's a there's a an edge to the ESG industry. It is everywhere now in terms of the especially the circles we're in. It mm. it's dominating. I mean, you go on Clubhouse, you go on LinkedIn, you go on go to lunch. Doesn't matter. People are talking about it, and there's all these experts, and there's people that you know. There's all these things that are being talked about all this pressure, real financial pressure, real execution, real, real concern around it. And so there's a, there's a desire for us and because all these stories are great, but they're not kind of like, if you're trying to know what to know and you go to us for that kind of information, you may not get a lot of that. It may, it may be subtle. 
So the idea is to do the case studies and then we're gonna alternate once we kind of get the frequency going to where we wanna do the talking points by themselves. And we also wanna do what we call an accelerate episode, which Eric came up with the, uh, with the title. It'll be a bonus on Thursday, probably 20, 25 minutes at the most. Eric and I are gonna kind of talk about where we are in this journey and how far we, what we've learned and kind of reflect as, as Eric was mentioning, we, we don't wanna come across as Alex Trebek, who's like, oh, you didn't know that? Like every, you know, of course we, we knew this cause we're so, we don't wanna have, we wanna kind of bring the, the, the listener along and say, we're learning as well. We're evolving as well. Here's what we've come across and here where we've changed. And then really go and get like a pulse and ask. We've, we've been very fortunate to connect with lots of people, ESG consultants, uh, investor relation consultant, people that are at that front edge every day and kind of know they're, they're in these boardrooms with, with companies. They're out there in the, you know, in, in this, from the social standpoint out with companies and organizations. They're, they're consulting and they're looking at these metrics. They're part of that process. And so I want to bring them in and kind of get like really like a, what's going on tell us what's the current thing so as a listener i know hey first first thursday of the month i go hit play get an idea of where things are going a little recap on some of the episodes maybe and then i get two people experts are going to tell me some quick boom things that i could know going into today that might help my job and so we're trying to and then the talking point part like with yours because it is such a it's a difference from the case study but man we we want to know people need to know that so we want to dedicate one of the weeks, we're going to come in and do a couple of talking points and let those sit by themselves so the listener can, can hear them independently and kind of go, all right, that's enough for me to chew on instead of trying to do that and then go into a case study as well. It could get, it could get confusing or, or yeah, yeah. we're just trying to streamline it for the listener and trying to be, become more efficient as far as that. We're trying yeah, to. I like that. As well. that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I like the, um, a couple of quick thoughts. I, I like packaging the talking points together. It's almost like a little buffet of little nuggets that you can decide you want to listen to. There's two or three people that are on and you can sit down and, yeah. um, you know, if you want to listen to Paul Webb talk about how much energy we waste on the back end, you can do that. Right. And, and then you can listen to somebody else. And then the case study and insights can stand alone. <clears throat> and I am excited about the accelerate part. I, I, I will concede that my viewpoints on a handful of topics inside the ESG space have probably done some 180s based just on what I've heard from people. Uh, and, and I think Sean mentioned this earlier, you, you, you come to this world naturally, as all of us do with biases and prejudices, your own life experience, your own situation that puts blinders on sometimes to, you know, what's going on around the world. I, I think the one, and we've already talked about it was our, uh, episode, um, Sean with Olu, right. Which just really opened my eyes and his life story and, and just, you know, energy abundance versus energy scarcity in certain parts of the world. And, and we've just become so um, spoiled for lack of a better word in the United States and in Europe yeah, with, with yeah. what we have. And, and of course for the, you know, as everybody I sure has heard about, you know, the Texas icepocalypse from two or three weeks ago when basically all of Texas lost power, what an eye-opening experience for us to now live without. Right. And um, so as I think about the accelerate episodes to come and, and think about the opportunity to reflect on the people we've talked to and the journeys we've heard and the, the successes, but also the challenges, right? Sometimes you hear some of the challenges that have been overcome. And you're like, wow, I, I never had to climb that hill. And to hear people tell their stories, 
has really changed my perspective on a lot of things. So Sean and I, I think, are looking forward to kind of sharing that. Uh, we want people to hear our own evolution, as, as we like to say. Uh, I am not this same person I was six months ago when I started with this with Sean. And in all honesty, that may be the greatest benefit of all of this. I, I love the content we're pushing out. I love that we're inspiring. But I actually think uh, I am better in tune to what reality is around the energy industry and what people really need. And so just excited to be a part of that. And so at this stage of the, my podcast, I normally um, drop one into the group as such or the, into my interview. <laughs> You've listened to my podcast, so you know what I'm going to be saying. Is there anything, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but is there anything that you can give? I'll ask Sean this question, first of all, as a takeaway today for our listeners that they can take away from you personally. Uh, that you matter that your vote matters, whether it's economic or from a you know government bureaucratic kind of kind of standpoint. That your your position in this, people it is people are listening. Um, you can you can do something. You you have an ability to contribute, uh, whether it's educating yourself or and then it's using that education and that awareness to then turn around and and turn the lights off or explore other ways of doing things or what what is what is the impact that I'm having and also uh, that it's okay to change and it's okay to evolve as well. And that that's part of the process. That's really a big part of the process and it should be happening. Uh, you know, it's, it's the old lament about things, you know, things never change, things never stay the same and they always change. That's a good thing for things to change. I think the evolution, embrace the evolution. It may be difficult. Look, our lives have all been different. I was 24 when I first got a cell phone and now I can't, I can't go anywhere without it, which is sad. Um, I don't know if it's a good or bad evolution as, well, as far as that one particularly, but overall, don't be afraid to challenge what you know. And then understand that if we can all, last thing about this, because it's, I mean, this is a big part of it too. If, if, if the formula, if the situation you believe exists, it calls to the elimination of, an, of something else, whether it's a, a person, I'm not saying that you know, bad things have to exist. I'm just saying if, if, the, if the formula that you're presenting is has to be, this has to go away completely and everything about it and anything associated with it is evil or bad. There's just not, a, there's no room for, for, for growth there. There's no, there's no room for synergy. There's no room for harmony there. And then we, in it going against this argument that it has to be us or, or them, me or you, oil or, or solar, any of the rest of the stuff, it's not, it's more than that. And, and it's, and it's the ability, can we evolve into this area where we can be truly synergistic? And this, and this is no small thing. I'm not, I'm not this, you know, I'm not trying to be Gandhi and just, or it, I'm not trying to act like I don't understand the difficulties of it, but, but the other side of the, uh, or one of the other options is just not doing anything. And I don't believe that's, that's, I think that's even worse. So join hands, reach across the table to somebody who may be different than you, maybe in a different area than you and think something differently than you. And like Eric was saying, allow that challenge to push. And if it moves the needle, be okay with that. Yeah. So. Awesome. Love it. Um, go on, Eric. I know so the one thing I would add, um, is to be if, if you're in the energy industry um, whether that's traditional oil and gas or maybe on the on the renewable side or whatever i i would but especially if you're in old school oil and gas um, i would encourage people to be proud of what they're a part of um, to be proud of the way we have transformed the world with power with mobility with refined products um, you, you think about what's happened during the COVID crisis, much of that is driven 
by refined products, right? Whether it be PPE, whether it be you know, so many things in healthcare and otherwise, right? So I would tell people to be proud of what they're part of. Um, you're literally saving lives. You're literally making people's lives better. We realize that the world's evolving and that we're going to change, but be proud of what you're a part of and be willing and ready to partner with others as we go through the evolution. Uh, but be proud and be inspired and get out there and plug in is what I would suggest to people. Awesome. They're great answers. And, um, you know, I love to be, be proud and I like the collaboration side of it as well. You know, bringing all that together is just a great answer. So thank you very much for that. And I must say, look, thank you for finding the time today, getting up early, drinking a little bit of coffee and go and get some coffee and you don't get no Red Bull, Eric, you know, I'll see you last <laughs> I'll time. I'll say that for after lunch, Red Bull after lunch. <laughs> Let's um, look, thank you very much for your time today. I'm honored to have you on my show because, you know, you, you led the way for me. So thank you very much for that as well. So, you know, it's been great seeing you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate right. it. So um, be safe as well, you and your family, and we will obviously keep in contact. So take care. Yeah. Yes, sir. Cheers. Thank you for listening today. And thank you to my special guest. And if you want to know more about managing your third largest expense, please go to our website on b2benergy.co.uk. That leaves me with one more thing to say. Be safe.